My name is Warren Neff, and my work seeks to understand how high school students can get exposed to exploration geophysics or just geoscience in general. Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off in depth conversations in applied geophysics. In this episode, I have a conversation with Warren Neff and Luke Gallery. Warren is a science, technology, engineering, and math teacher in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, where Luke is a high school senior. Luke and Warren published a paper titled, Past Geophysics Science Fair Projects Inspire New Ideas in a High School STEM Setting in the March 2022 The Leading Edge. Warren discusses how to incorporate geophysics into STEM programs, how to recruit mentors for students, and why shooting rockets in hallways is the best way to teach quadratics. Luke shares how he went from never hearing of geophysics to publishing papers and considering it for his major. Additionally, Warren highlights why keeping it real is the best way to teach students any subject. Visit seg.org podcast to find the links to Luke's paper and the other two papers published in TLE for this program. Also, stay through the end of this episode to learn how in under five seconds you can show your appreciation for this free podcast. And now, my conversation with Warren and Luke. This is a new topic for the podcast, and I'm particularly excited to talk about this. And Warren, let's get started with what led to the inspiration behind this STEM program in your high school that you started in Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Well, that's actually fairly easy to to talk about. You see, here in Bartlesville, we have the Phillips Research Center and many Phillips employees and retirees in the Bartlesville area. Uh, STEM's always been on our minds, especially in the community and the district. The district actually did win a Phillips 66 grant, and that grant was used to build the present STEM labs that we have in our secondary schools. Uh, What's really exciting about it is that both the local Phillips 66 office and the districts worked together to design and make them the greatest facility you could have. And that's something I truly appreciate. In addition to this grant, Chevron Phillips, ConocoPhillips, and Phillips 66 have given funds to support the STEM programs in both our elementary schools as well as the secondary schools. They've supported uh, the STEM areas such as Science Fair, our local Science Fair, Energy Days, that's for fifth graders, the secondary STEM labs, and Uh, they are supporting or have supported our elementary schools with STEM programs and projects. And one thing I don't want to uh, forget to mention is that uh, we are a PLW or Project Lead the Way school and that uh, the curriculum that's present there goes all the way from kindergarten to 12th grade. Now there the support or a lot of support comes from the Carl Perkins Fund. But uh, the folks here in the, in the district and the community are very supportive. Well, we're going to pick back up on that science fair aspect because uh, that's, that's an important part of what we're talking about today. But, you know, STEM is, is not necessarily geophysics. You know, that's not the first thing that would probably come to mind for a lot of people. So, Ward, how, how did you go about and how do you go about incorporating this geophysics-related information into this program? Uh, actually, for me, that was the easiest part of all. <laughs> The M in STEM stands for math, and I was a math teacher at the high school. And I actually wrote the curriculum for the advanced math application STEM program. 
Uh, so being able to incorporate things like potential fields, uh, seismic reflection and refraction, well logging, the rays, having those life applications in math became very simple for me. Now, the one thing I did need to do is write some software to help tie the math concepts with the advanced math concepts. But uh, that was actually made very easy because the STEM labs with their computer resources uh, just made it so easy for me to be able to tie those together. The one thing our district did obtain was a Halliburton grant. And uh, the Halliburton grant was for the Promax Seismic Processing System. And I used that in my STEM class as well. This was also used for science fair projects. In fact, uh, the second high school article published in The Leading Edge, uh, that used the Promax system to process the GPR, ground pet training radar data, that was used to look for unmarked grave sites. So we take advantage of, of every opportunity we can, and that includes trying to incorporate geophysics in what we do. Well, that's a, a good segue there, Warren. You mentioned getting published in The Leading Edge, and, and we have the privilege here to speak with one of your students that was recently published in March's The Leading Edge. So, Luke, if you just tell us briefly a little bit about yourself and, and uh, what you're doing in school, but also what was the goal of your paper that's published in The Leading Edge, and, and why did exploring this particular study interest you? My name is Luke Gallery. I'm a senior of Bartlesville High School, and I'm in all AP classes. And the goal of the paper was to um, find even fold, uh, and that was accomplished, thank the Lord. Um, <laughs> and this um, interested me. I'd really never heard about geophysics. I've always heard about geology, things like that. And I was take, I wrote this paper when I was a junior. And so I was taking physics my senior year, so the next year for me. And I'd never heard anything about geophysics. I had no idea it was really a field of study. So I, Mr. Neff has been my math tutor for a while. And he pitched the idea to me, hey, come work on this project. It'll be fun, I promise. And he introduced me to geophysics, and I think that's what I'm going to major in. Well, that's uh, that's pretty exciting, kind of a, a win there for the program. You know, what was your reaction when you duplicated the results? You kind of hinted at there, but you know, you you were duplicating results from a previous published paper in TLE. So, what what was it like when you when you found the results out? Um, mostly, it was relief because I'm glad I did everything right. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that it was that we were able to prove that it was able to work. Obviously, you know. I'm going to skip ahead here, Luke, uh, and still chat with you a little bit more. You know, how did it feel to see your work published in The Leading Edge? And I'm also kind of curious, you know, what were you aware of The Leading Edge? Did you read some papers prior to submitting to The Leading Edge? Um, on the second part of your question, I I read, obviously, the Dungeons paper, and that kind of made sense. But no, I'd never really heard of The Leading Edge or kind of this side of the um, scientific community at all. I mean, I've never been exposed to it. It's really amazing that, that you're getting your start so early in this field. And Warren, one of the things that, that the article stated was that outside, that without the outside mentors, this paper may not have been published, especially due to these advanced mathematical demands for a student. How did you come about recruiting these outside mentors and experts? That was actually very easy. Hmm. You see, I worked as a geophysicist for Pulse Petroleum for almost 23 years. And a lot of my former geoscience colleagues retired here in Bartlesville. And I would see them at, at the retiree luncheons, that sort of thing. 
the thing that people don't understand is a lot of these folks are very happy to volunteer their time and expertise to help students. Of the, uh, I counted it up the other day, of the 18 science fair projects that are local geos- that are locally geoscience-based to date, all had a local mentor. Now, I wish I could say I was all the mentors, but I wasn't. We had mentors from everything from my boss to uh, my brothers as that as a mentor. And of those 18 projects, 10 of them got to go to state, of which four were platform. That means they were first, second, or third in their category. We had three that were second, and one was third in, in their category in state. One of the things I'm very pleased to say is that this year, six geoscience projects that won nine awards worked with graduate students or faculty members from the Boone Pickens School of Geology at Oklahoma State and used them as their mentors. So for me, that's pretty exciting to see college graduates or faculty working with these high school kids. When I say high school kids, these are sophomores, freshmen and sophomores that they worked with. So that was pretty exciting for me. So the expertise is out there. It's just a matter of going out and gleaming it. Yeah, a gentle encouragement to the people out there. And, you know, that really applies to all careers at all, all parts and uh, at all kind of journeys of your career, whether you're a student or, or been a long-term professional, those mentors and experts are, are so valuable. And Luke, I'm kind of curious, you know, what lessons did you take away from going through a peer review process through something like The Leading Edge? I needed to work on my English a little bit, gets my punctuation and grammar in. But I'm glad I was able to produce something that the editor, editors at TLE were proud to have in their magazine. There were a couple, obviously, edits and rough drafts, but I'm proud to say that it was it is something that I'm proud to have published in TLE. Yeah, Luke, you mentioned that you you know weren't too aware of, of geophysics before this. You know, what about geophysics? And, and now you said you, you're thinking about majoring in it. What about geophysics particularly interests you, especially as a, a possible career path now? Um, that's a good question. I like geophysics. Um, physics is not my strongest subject in school at the moment, but it is something I enjoy learning about and um, figuring out. That's a lot of it. Logic, um, it makes sense. And everything that I've learned in the classroom can have a real world application so far anyway. But it's something that I feel like I could use every day. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I, I have to admit, I lasted one week in high school physics my senior year before I moved to a different class, but uh, I apply, keep up with it. I, I'm sure you'll you'll catch on to this. Uh, Warren, in your years of working with this STEM program, what have you found that, that helped encourage the students to look more closely at exploration geophysics? Well, there's actually a couple of things that, that really helped with this. The first is the local district science fair. This is a great venue for them to get involved. Most honor science students enter the local science fair. The second is using a mentor for the science fair project is the best encouragement that they can get. Many students are looking for science fair projects to work on. You know, you're looking at freshmen and sophomores. And exploration geophysics, that's a topic that they really don't know a lot about. But when you talk about it, describe it, it does kind of pique their curiosity when they hear about it. 
And the best part of it is when a student can work with a mentor, that's someone who's an expert in that area of, of exploration geophysics, it builds a really strong bond between one, the student and the mentor, but it also provides that path for a potential exploration geophysicist. I like the way you said that there. You know, lastly, I, I love it. And Luke, you can chime in here. I, I kind of directed it just to Warren, but there's really no reason you can't answer it if you'd like. And, and it's this question here of what principle teaching or point of view has helped you succeed in your field? Well, I'll, I'll give you my viewpoint of that. Now, then I'll let Luke give his. But mine, quite simply, is keep it real. This is something I've discovered many years ago when I started teaching. And that's when the student can see the connection between, in my case, math and how we use it in real life. You get that buy-in to why math is important in your life applications. Now, this is something I just didn't use in my STEM class. I used it in all my math classes. My demonstrations, my demos, as I call them, they were all life area applications. I doubt if there are very many math teachers out there that would shoot rockets in the hallway to help introduce quadratics to their students. And, you know, I think of how many math teachers do you know that have the kids pull out slinkies to build and transform equations, polynomials? That's another kind of a weird a way of looking at it, but it's actually a life application. And then they always had a blast when I brought out the chalk and string and they had to build different conics, your circle, your oval, parabola, and hyperbola with just a piece of string and chalk. What they were starting to understand is those equations that our every math teacher throws at them, they now start to understand what they physically mean, what their applications are. And that's something I've always tried to do. Now, I, I do remember one former student. I saw him when he was a senior in college. He was just getting ready to graduate. And this is what he said to me. He said, I don't remember a single one of your lectures, but I remember every one of your demonstrations. And that said a lot to me. What said more was the fact that this was a student who became a teacher. Luke, your turn. I don't think there has been anything that has helped me succeed, but really more of the mindset or not really mindset, application of the problems, because a lot of what I've been taught doesn't mean anything to me at the moment. But when we begin to apply it, like we've just begun to apply things in calculus towards real world problems, that makes it a lot easier to understand and use, really. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I speak to people about the uh, Geoscientists Without Borders projects and the students really resonate with those projects because they see the real world applications for what they're doing. And I think that's always important to keep kind of one toe in as, as you're learning something and working on it. Well, Warren and Luke, I appreciate your time today. We'll, we'll lead to all of the papers that have been written through this program. Maybe it will inspire a listener to reach out to their local STEM program at their high school and see if they can help and get connected. And thank you for sharing your knowledge and continuing to, to work and, and help students to the next generation become possibly geophysicists. That's our goal. 
SEG produces Seismic Sound Off to benefit its members, the scientific community, and inform the public on the value of geophysics. To show your support for this show, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Simply go to Seismic Sound Off on Apple Podcasts and Spotify on your phone. It takes less than five seconds to leave a five-star rating and is the number one action you can take to show your appreciation for this free resource. And follow the podcast while you are on the app to be notified when each new episode releases. Original music created by Zach Bridges. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary at 51 Features. The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Cobb, Kathy Gamble, and Ali McGinnis. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.